Welcome to the AWS Rethink Podcast, here to help you rethink your strategy in the cloud. I'm your host, Nolan Chen. And I'm your host, Malini Chatterjee. Today, our guest is Ben Schreiner. We are here with him to get a recap of the 12th AWS reInvent that took place in Las Vegas at the end of November. Yes, welcome, Ben. We're really excited to have you here today. But before we begin, can you tell us what your role here, what your role is here at AWS? Sure, Nolan. Um, I'm a little biased, but I think I have one of the best jobs here at AWS. Uh, I lead a team called the Business Innovation Team, uh, and my team is tasked with engaging our customer executives uh, to help them reinvent their business. Uh, and adjust to changing customer expectations. Uh, and we do that following a, a framework we developed uh, called affectionately MOM, uh, which stands for modernizing, optimizing, and my favorite, monetizing, something that uh, all of our customer executive teams are trying to do. So uh, I really enjoy speaking with our customers and uh, really enjoyed meeting so many of them at reInvent this year. Cool. I, I like your title. So looking forward to you telling us how to help our businesses innovate. Welcome, Ben. Now let's discuss about reInvent, the biggest AWS conference for customers, partners, and the entire AWS community who are interested in learning, brainstorming, strategizing, networking, and last but not the least, also having some fun. Can you share a little bit about how was your reInvent experience, Ben? Yeah, happy to. Uh, I, I joke and say it's it's the best week of the year. Um, and at the same time, it's the longest week of the year. We start uh, very early. We had a, an executive event uh, Sunday evening prior to the official kickoff of reInvent. Uh, and then they are packed with sessions and customer engagements and, and various talks. Uh, I had uh, 10 different meetings with press uh, reporters. Um, and truly, the energy is probably single-handedly the, the best part of reInvent. Um, it's an exciting time, lots of wonderful announcements and innovations. And our customers, as you speak with them, you can see the energy and the possibility as their brains are, 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 are spinning on how they can take what we've announced or the things they've just learned and apply them to change the trajectory of their respective businesses. So it's a it's a wonderful time of year and, and indeed a, a lot of fun. Yes, I'm sure it's a it's a great way to you know, kick off your own holiday season. And uh, you mentioned a lot of things that happen there. One of the things that customers look forward to, even for customers who are not able to attend, are the key announcements like in technology advancements, future releases, and much more. I, I know there were a lot of announcements, but can you summarize what you feel were the major themes for reInvent 2023? Yeah, Nolan, happy to. And we had we had five major keynotes, um, each of them over an hour long and packed with various announcements, which weren't even actually all of the announcements. But if I were to try to simplify things and categorize the themes, uh, I'll, I'll break it down into five. There were... Um, a, a bunch of announcements around uh, infrastructure innovation um, and things we've done in that space. Uh, there were announcements around data and analytics. 
um, a bunch of announcements around what what I'd categorize as as bringing it all together and making uh, the management of AWS easier. Uh, we couldn't have a, a an event this year without talking about generative AI, and and this year's announcements did not disappoint. Uh, and then last and certainly not least um, was our, our partner keynote, uh, where there were some key innovations in our partner um, uh, community uh, that I think were pretty, uh, pretty profound. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, I think you broadly summarize them into these five very important themes. Now, let's categorize and get into each one of them. So the first one you did mention about the infrastructure innovation. Can you elaborate what were the key announcements about the infrastructure innovation brought uh, by AWS in the last reInvent? There were many. Um, I'll, I'll pick my favorites. And so I apologize to all listeners who are representing a service that had an announcement if I don't mention yours. But uh, uh, these were my favorite takeaways and, and certainly several uh, that were talked about by customers after after those announcements. The the first um, is, is in the storage area. Uh, and Adam did a great job of teeing up uh, how our history of innovation in the in the storage area um, has evolved over the years and how many tiers we have and intelligent tiering. Um, I liked uh, that he quoted that we've saved our customers $2 billion uh, on their storage costs through some of our innovations over the years. Uh, and the announcements in storage that I was most excited about was the Amazon S3 Express One Zone. So Amazon S3 Express One Zone uh, was absolutely a highlight. We hear from customers about uh, latency-sensitive workloads or data sources, uh, and this was meant to address that very thing. Uh, it is 10 times faster than the standard S3 uh, or S3 standard, and, and this is an important and, 50% lower access cost than standard S3. So I really think our customers that have those um, you know, latency sensitive, and they were talking, you know, millions of requests a minute and single digit millisecond latency. Um, so I, I, I hope that some customers out there that have those kind of workload requirements <clears throat> see this innovation as a, as a real positive. And like I said, uh, I'm still blown away that intelligent tiering has saved customers $2 billion uh, in savings. Uh, the, the second Big takeaway on the infrastructure side for me was was Graviton 4. Uh, we're on our fourth generation of uh, server chips uh, in five years, which is pretty, um, you know, the pace of innovation in our silicone is is uh, is pretty fast. Uh, and this version, uh, Graviton 4, is 30% faster than its predecessor, Graviton 3. Uh, it's 30% faster uh, for web applications, uh, we've seen 40% faster for some database applications and even 45% faster uh, for large Java applications. So we're, we're really impressed with the uh, performance uh, and continuing to push the envelope of price and performance on behalf of our customers. Um, and then last and, uh, well, actually not, not last, uh, one of the other uh, announcements <clears throat> 
was in the database space. Um, I'm familiar with some of these uh, legacy relational databases and, and think back to DB2 and, and some of the Oracle, Oracle Enterprise uh, databases. And we announced our, our managed service RDS uh, for DB2 as well as Oracle uh, RAC or RAC for short. Um, those two um, are gonna make it easier for our customers to migrate and manage uh, those legacy uh, enterprise data stores um, and manage them and operate them on top of AWS. And then the the last you know infrastructure thing that I got excited about was uh, uh, there's been a, a buzz around um, our our satellite network, um, and uh, we did announce that uh, uh, our um, <clears throat> our our satellite service would be available via private um, uh, connection. Um, to our AWS customers once it's fully operational. So that was a new announcement. Uh, I think everybody had assumed uh, that our satellite network uh, was going to be uh, consumer facing, which it certainly is, uh, but it will also have a, a, a commercial um, and business application to it as well. So excited about those uh, innovations in infrastructure. Wow. Thanks, Ben. Uh, one thing I want to dive deep on is like you talked about databases. Databases have been around for a while, but it's, it's great to hear that we continue to innovate when it comes to databases. But some people say that data is now the new oil. Well, if that's true, could you talk more about what are some innovations that AWS has that helps our customers extract more business value from their data? Sure. Uh, yeah, we've heard that term, data is the new oil. I think it's probably uh, for our listeners, uh, single-handedly, the, the outside of your people is probably the second most valuable asset that you have in your organization. Um, and unfortunately, and we have uh, data and, re and research that supports that not all of our customers are maximizing the value of that data, predominantly because it lives in a bunch of different places. Uh, it could be in uh, a SaaS application, a bunch of different databases. And some of the announcements this year uh, that I was excited about on the data and analytics front uh, is we, we announced last year um, zero ETL uh, and, uh, and for Aurora MySQL uh, and its connection to Redshift and, and S3, um, making it easier for folks to uh, leverage data stores uh, and then data warehouses. Um, and so that's exciting, not having to extract and then transform and then load uh, data from one place to another. Um, this year, uh, we took that one step further and had a bunch of announcements expanding our philosophy of zero ETL um, and expanded it to Aurora PostgreSQL uh, as well as my as well as MySQL on RDS. Um, all interacting with Redshift, um, including interaction with DynamoDB and OpenSearch, all of which, um, you know, culminate into a customer's data zone. Um, and then the last announcement around, you know, making it easier uh, to get value out of your data is um, this concept of, of describing your data so that data analysts and folks can find the data. Uh, and where it happens to reside. And it's usually referred to as a data catalog uh, or metadata describing the data itself. Uh, and we've actually lever are leveraging 
uh, generative AI in our data zone to make recommendations for entries uh, into those um, you know, descriptions of those catalogs uh, to make it easier for folks to aggregate in their data zone definitions of their data and where it is so that folks can easily um, navigate um, and interpret the data that they're analyzing. So I'm excited that you're seeing generative AI um, uh, you know, be leveraged inside of a modern data strategy. And again, all in an effort to make it easier for our customers to aggregate information and, and tease out those insights that are so valuable. Wow, thanks, Ben. Yeah, Zero ETL has been one of the big announcements in the last reInvent as well. And I was really looking forward to hear more about the Zero ETL integrations with the rest of the RDS uh, or the Aurora Postgres. It happens like some of my customers in my interaction with them previous in, uh, previously in this year, they were looking forward to using zero ETL integration for Aurora Postgres and how timely now that Aurora Postgres zero ETL integration with Redshift is also coming out soon. That would really be helpful for meeting this customer's business initiatives. Excellent. Over to the next big topic, I do hear you mentioning about generative AI, why already we are seeing generative AI being leveraged in, uh, you know, uh, creating the metadata and building the data zone. Um, what are those biggest announcements and what are your key takeaways about the generative AI capabilities which were announced this year? Well, uh, this year's reInvent uh, certainly had a, a gen AI theme throughout. Um, it is certainly the topic that I'm sure both of you speak to customers uh, quite frequently. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we've had innovations in all three layers of the, uh, you know, uh, AI stack. Um, you know, the first uh, announcements, if we think about that bottom layer being the, the hardware and silicon layer, we announced uh, Tranium 2. Um, and this is um, a, a, a purpose-built AWS chip uh, for training uh, large language models. Um, the big deal here is it's it's four times faster throughput, um, 10 times uh, lower latency, uh, and it's our second generation of chips. Uh, and you're hearing others uh, just now starting to uh, to think about announcing or or working on chips. So uh, I think we've got a pretty strong head start um, and continue to evolve our price performance. Uh, at the silicone lever uh, layer, um, we already have a, a second version uh, or instance of our uh, inferential chip, uh, which improves uh, uh, inference performance uh, as well. Um, if we move up to the the next, you know, middle layer, um, that's where uh, Amazon Bedrock really shines, uh, and there were a number of important announcements related to uh, our, our recently uh, generally GA uh, Bedrock. Um, managed service for um, building um, generative AI uh, secure applications. Uh, first was more models. Um, the latest versions of, of Claude, Claude 2.1, uh, 
uh, stability, uh, uh, or stable diffusion XL, mm -hmm. uh, a Llama 2, um, just to name a few, as well as a couple of new models from ourselves. Um, the, uh, uh, the ability, uh, which was announced to securely customize and fine tune uh, Llama 2 uh, and Cohere and Titan, uh, and then uh, Claude 2 is coming soon uh, on the, the secure customization. Uh, I was excited about uh, agents uh, going GA. We announced uh, agents um, at the New York Summit, uh, and now uh, at reInvent, we announced that those agents are now GA. Uh, agents, as you know, uh, allow uh, developers to extend the capability of a model, uh, allowing it to complete tasks or interact with uh, other data stores, APIs, uh, or even other models. Uh, so you can have a, a chain of thought, um, you know, and, and, and execution. Um, the uh, the extension or, or the inclusion of uh, knowledge bases uh, is uh, is important, allowing the models to uh, interact with your own, um, you know, whether it's code systems or, or otherwise. And then probably on the bedrock side, uh, the biggest takeaway for me um, as it relates to responsible uh, AI, which is very important to me and to us here at Amazon and AWS, uh, was the uh, announcement of guardrails, um, allowing organizations to filter uh, what the models can do and how they respond and how they behave. Um, I think it is absolutely critical and incumbent upon uh, all of our listeners to take the responsibility uh, and a responsible approach uh, to developing uh, AI applications and models. Um, and this ability to add guardrails saying, um, I do not want uh, hate speech. I do not want to perpetuate uh, bias. Um, you know, it, it really is profound. Uh, the example that was given uh, was a, a, a model was asked, uh, you know, who, who's a better driver, a, a man or a woman? Um, and, and quite frankly, that that, that shouldn't be answered because your, your gender has nothing to do with uh, how well you drive uh, a car and the model responded that uh, you know that's that's not a question that they're they're able to answer um not all models would would respond that way and so uh for me allowing uh you know the uh the executives uh, at an organization to um tailor the the boundaries or the guardrails for their models i think is a really important uh, revolution, um, an important step, next step towards responsible AI. So I was very pleased that we were uh, the first to uh, to get that included in in Bedrock. Um, and then if we if we bump up to uh, probably my favorite announcement, and you know I know the two of you saw my uh, uh, LinkedIn post from reInvent that my favorite announcement that <clears throat> Mr. Uh, Dr. Matt Wood uh, announced was Amazon Q. Yep. Um, it, 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 what were your what were your take on on Q? What was your experience? Oh, I was fascinated by the announcement of Amazon Q, and I actually had a session right after that, and I was I could see like the customers coming up to me in the shop talk and inquiring about Q. The very next day, one of my customers the ceo i met with him for breakfast and he's like i already let my exec uh, committee and the board know that we would be one of the early adopters of q and that's my vision for 2024 so just the sheer amount of energy uh, that i did see after the amazon q announcement that that speaks a lot 
by itself. It does. What do you the think? Thing, yeah, the thing I was excited about, right, is uh, it's not just another chatbot, right? Let's be super clear mm. what Amazon Q is. It's been trained on 17 years worth of AWS knowledge and experience and is being embedded in a variety of places in the AWS console to make it easier for a bunch of different groups to leverage um, AWS in a more productive uh, manner. So the first obvious group of stakeholders and, and many attendees at reInvent are, are developers and builders, right? And uh, it's gonna allow them to um, you know, code, plan, feature release, uh, write test scripts for them, um, and and really improve that uh, uh, that feature you know pipeline. Uh, yeah, the example that was given in the keynote was AWS itself using Amazon Q um, to identify a thousand applications that had a dated uh, Java runtime that needed to be updated, uh, and those thousand applications were updated in two days. Uh, and what is most exciting is many of our customers aren't going to have a thousand applications needing to be updated. I realize the scale is probably off for most of our listeners, but what they should take away is the time savings, right? Normally it would take us two days to update one application. And I've never met developers who who really like to do the, the maintenance uh, and the, kind of the care and feeding of an application. So this frees up an enormous amount of time, but also provides um, a level of enhanced security, right? These these dated runtimes need to be updated for security purposes and, and supportability. So it's, an impo it's important work, um, but if we can automate that, still do it, but free up the developers to be able to um, focus on new features and new content, that's better for everyone. So really excited about the developer angle. Um, the, the next group of, of beneficiaries are, are lines of business. Um, and this is really where embedding Amazon Q in QuickSight is gonna have a profound change on how um, lines of business interact with data and dashboards and create dashboards and basically have the ability to ask language, you know, natural language questions of a data store and be able to get visualizations, create dashboards, create summaries, uh, and really interact with that information in a much more meaningful and collaborative way. I really think this is going to have a profound change given how much of our customers' data is in AWS, making it easier for those lines of business to have access to it and begin to use it to make better decisions uh, is really, really powerful. And then last and, and certainly not least were a couple of specialist examples. Um, as you know, uh, we have our, our cloud-based uh, customer uh, contact center called Amazon Connect, uh, and Amazon Q has been um, added to that to allow for an enhanced experience for a contact center agent, um, allowing them deeper access into customer information, uh, company information to better serve customers. Um, and then we're embedding it in our a supply chain solution uh, as well. So I think you'll see more and more examples of Amazon Q um, helping customers. Um, and, and probably my biggest takeaway, and I shared this with a couple of reporters, is for those new to AWS, I think Amazon Q is going to be a huge windfall for them to help them navigate, 
help them identify, just for example, what Amazon instance to use. We have over 600 instances and more coming out you know, every single month. If you know what workload you want to run and you can describe, this is the workload, this is the load it's going to have, this is how it's going to be used, um, Amazon Q will be able to look at 17 years worth of knowledge um, and recommend a, a couple of different instances for you to consider. And I think that will help those new to Amazon and AWS um, make a better decisions, make decisions faster and, and be more productive uh, in a shorter period of time. And I really think uh, our, our new to AWS customers are going to benefit uh, immensely from the potential Amazon Q can bring to them. Wow. So it sounds like to me, Amazon Q is the ultimate AI assistant for anyone trying to build on AWS, but it's it's much more than a chat chatbot. The example you gave earlier, right? It actually it doesn't just tell you like something needs to be updated. It can actually automate and do it for you. Is that right, Ben? It is. Yeah, we'd like to say this: where we want to bring AWS wants to bring generative AI to every builder and to every business. So Amazon Q has the ability to help builders, as we described, writing code and, and so forth, but also business folks and executives. Um, you know, so the whole it, it really is generative AI for your business. Um, and it's it's well beyond uh, a simple chatbot. OK, cool. Well, as we know, builders often have to put a lot of complicated systems together. And we've already talked about infrastructure, data analytics and Gen AI. How, how can AWS, or did we announce any more innovations, how we can help builders bring all these pieces or systems together? Uh, we did. Uh, let me well, let me just describe, um, I'll try to articulate the most common uh, application architecture in the world, right? So you have the application layer, uh, you, you have a caching layer for performance, uh, and then you have a, a backend database and data warehouse for analytics. And, and those uh, three layers, uh, if you think app, cache, and then data uh, layer uh, is the most common. And uh, one of the things that we hear often from customers is just managing an, a complete application, right? All of the dependencies, all of the interactions is, is sometimes hard to see. And there are a bunch of third-party applications trying to create you know, visibility um, and 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 allow you to see where you may have errors or where you're having um, you know issues. Um, and so we announced um, Cloud CloudWatch application signals, uh, which is going to collect and analyze detailed performance data like latency, errors, and resource usage. Um, we announced application management, which is going to allow you to define cross-service applications in the console itself. And then last and certainly not least is application dashboards, which is going to give you, uh, you know, allow you to view key application metrics at a glance inside the console. So all three of these things together is going to allow for a simplified application management on AWS, allowing uh, teams to quickly troubleshoot root cause analysis um, and applications in a, in a few clicks. You'll be able to dive right in. Um, and and ideally identify and and rapidly solve those issues as they arise. So yeah, that's that's actually uh, glad to see it coming into fruition because uh, earlier this year, 
I have been in conversations where customers were literally asking us, hey, would it not be nice if through CloudWatch metrics itself, if we can see more details how our applications are performing? And this, as you explained, Ben, is rightly so. Now customers can rely on their application dashboards as well, not only from the you know the CloudWatch metrics on the uh, you know CPU and the memory and all of that, but also how their application is performing and help them you know gauge uh, where are some of the issues or troubleshoot. That's that's uh, wonderful. What else do you think are some of those uh, you know announcements which would help in bringing it all together about infrastructure analytics and helping the developers or the builders ease the end-to-end -end implementations or the orchestrations for an you know, probably the, the last you know series of announcements i'd say you know as a big takeaway to bring it all together and make make the lives of our customers easier. That that really is our mission as we work backwards from our customers. Uh, we really want them focused on their customers. And so anytime we can make their lives easier, uh, it's a good use of time. And there were a number of announcements uh, that were in, uh, I'll categorize broadly as, as serverless announcements. Uh, and those serverless announcements mean uh, that teams no longer have to manage uh, the instances or clusters or or the the uh, scaling of these types of solutions, and instead can allow AWS and our vast experience to manage it on their behalf. And so, uh, ElastiCache Serverless was announced, which is uh, fully managed Redis or or MemcacheD um, uh, allows uh, you know uh, or uh, you know that to all be serverless. Uh, it can be terabytes of data, millions of operations a second, uh, very responsible. Uh, but now it's, again, simplified uh, with serverless. Um, a, a ramp, uh, sorry, Amazon Aurora um, limitless database was announced with millions of uh, writes per second and petabytes of data. Uh, again, trying to really reinforce uh, simplicity of serverless. Um, and then the last one uh, I'll mention, and again, there were many, many serverless uh, announcements made, uh, but was Redshift serverless uh, AI optimization. And uh, and this to me, again, is just an effort to continue to evolve how we do things on behalf of our customers to make their lives easier, more effective and more efficient. And so, uh, you know, serverless, uh, better visibility into applications as a, 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 a group of uh of technology, um, and just making it again easier for um, teams to operate effectively and efficiently. Yeah, absolutely. And the customers hopefully will benefit more as the developers uh, free up their uh, mundane activities on maintenance or, you know, application management and racking or stacking of the servers and all of that as they adopt more into the serverless uh, services, they can consolidate and innovate faster on bringing up more features and adding more to their business value. Last but not the least, AWS had an immense network of the partners and 
we have seen multiple announcements and sessions along with the partners, both from the ISV and the SI side. What were some of your key takeaways on the partner-related announcements, Ben? Yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, Ruba's um, keynote. keynote. Uh, mm-hmm. She highlighted a uh, a customer of ours, uh, Magellan TV. Uh, and a partner of ours, uh, one of our premier partners, Mission Cloud, uh, their their CEO was there to describe how they helped Magellan TV, which is a, a streaming service of documentaries. Um, and originally, they had been engaged to do a, a typical security audit and a, a well-architected review, which Mission does for many of our customers. Uh, but they took it one step forward, uh, one step forward and said, you know, what are you trying to do as a business? And and this company has uh, a, a huge vault of documentaries, uh, most all of which in, in the English language, uh, and they're trying to provide an ad-free service um, to people interested in, in, in watching documentaries. And one of the things that they came up with was leveraging generative AI and bedrock to actually create a automated workflow taking an English recorded uh, documentary and you know transcribing it, translating it, and actually dubbing it into other popular languages. Um, and typically, the dubbing process, the that process of getting professional actors to speak over in you know call it Spanish or Portuguese or uh, you know French, pick a language, um, is is expensive um, and and usually a barrier to you know broad adoption or circulation of these types of films because they're they're very budget conscious. Um, and so this automation was incredible because it opens up this catalog of rich fact-based content to a global audience. Um, and so the company's really excited, our partner's really excited, we are really excited seeing technology truly transform this industry and these valuable assets so that more um, uh, customers or, or, or consumers can actually you know, benefit from uh, these films that have been produced. Um, so I was really excited about that story because it really brings home um, a real-world problem um, and and bringing the technology and our partners together. Um, Ruba also had a couple of other things that I'll, I'll call out were that caught my attention. The first, uh, many of our customers, most of our customers leverage software as a service, uh, and we hear from them that, uh, yeah, you have this great marketplace, but it's not as easy for me to to find what I need uh, and then and then launch or 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 um, you know create uh, the instance or or interact with the software solution that I've chosen. And so uh, Ruba announced uh, AWS Marketplace SaaS Quick Launch, uh, which is going to allow folks to buy and configure software as a service and then launch it with all AWS's security best practices. So I'm excited that that makes our customers' lives easier. And then for our customers who are um, AW, are, are actually software providers, right? So uh, many of our customers have a, a piece of software that's part of their product or service. Um, we announced uh, AWS Marketplace API access for sellers. And so before, um, if you had a website and wanted to promote something on Marketplace, a customer would have to you know, leave your site, log into AWS, into the console to get access to that. And now with this API access, uh, you'll actually be able to to bring the marketplace 
to your website and, and interact via API and potentially, again, get customers to buy from Marketplace uh, without having to uh, leave your um, your web uh, UI. So we're excited about that. Um, and then uh, last and, and certainly not least, uh, one of the big announcements uh, that Adam made uh, in his keynote was our expanded relationship with uh, Salesforce. Um, and Salesforce being available on our marketplace uh, and, and broadening their capabilities and interactions with ourselves. Um, and included in that is Amazon Q having a connector uh, for Salesforce and Jira and uh, Zendesk and, uh, and several other popular um, you know, data uh, or, or third-party software. So I'm excited to see our partner um, you know, uh, community, uh, both SI and ISV, uh, as well as our services become better integrated, all in an effort to make it easier for our joint customers um, to leverage technology to change their trajectory and grow their business. So uh, couldn't have been happier with all of the announcements. It was a lot, uh, which is why these recaps are important. And I encourage all of your listeners to engage uh, their AWS um, account teams. Uh, and if you don't already have a path forward with AWS, I recommend you request one and let's develop a clear roadmap between what you're trying to do uh, and how AWS and our partners can help you. That's cool. You mentioned you know, talking about how we keep expanding the partner resources and the different ways customers can leverage partners. But that said, a new customer might still feel a bit overwhelmed. What should, where can a customer turn first if they're looking for the right partner resource? Where should they go first? Yeah, I would recommend uh, they engage their <clears throat> AWS um, account executive um, as their first point of contact. Uh, if, if a customer out there can tell us what they're trying to do, then that account manager, who I would say has the hardest job inside of AWS, uh, which is to understand all their customers' needs and then to bring all of the resources available to them inside of AWS, which are immense, you know, from our several hundred services to our, you know, hundreds of instances to our thousands and hundreds of thousands of partners. Um, it's their job to understand the needs of the customer and then connect them to the right resources. And so that's where that path forward uh, comes into play is us understanding the customer's needs and objectives and how they want to go about it. And then us as a one team and all of our specialists, partners included, coming together and develop that joint plan um, of execution. So I would recommend just engage with us, tell us what you're trying to do, and then uh, it's up to us to be customer obsessed, which we are, and come up with the best path forward for you uh, and your company. Okay, so start with your AWS account team. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode today. I'd like to thank you, Ben. I think you've done a great job recapping an action-packed week into one podcast episode. In doing so, I think you've helped our customers rethink their innovation strategy in the cloud. Well, I certainly appreciate the two of you and what you're doing to get the word out and help our customers. And I thank you for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure. We would also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. Please send us your feedback by emailing us at rethinkpodcast at amazon.com. Thank you. Until next time.